Here's the new Cold War podcast with Edward Lucas. As I took my seat in the Spartan, bug-swept offices of the Intelligence and Security Committee's anonymous Westminster Secretariat in the summer of 2018, my excitement was tempered with trepidation. Since I watched the Soviet Empire collapse 30 years ago, I've been sounding the alarm about what came next, about Russia's reluctance to give up its dreams of empire, about the overlap between corruption and organised crime and intelligence, and the penetration of the greedy and complacent West. Few listened. I was a scaremonger, a dinosaur, an oddball, crazy Edward Lucas talk. Friends in government service who shared my views were sidelined or fired, or to minimum had to struggle to keep their budgets. Among the few who shared my worries was the British Parliament's Intelligence and Security Committee. This bipartisan, independent, statutory watchdog repeatedly quizzed spymasters about their neglect of the Russian threat. For years, nothing changed. Now, on that July day two years ago, the ISC was launching its much-awaited, much-delayed inquiry on exactly the topics that have taken up so much of my life, the fusion of organised crime, big business and the old KGB. I was the inquiry's first witness. The Kremlin, I told the members of the committee, had refashioned the old Soviet tools of active measures, that's political warfare combined with espionage, and added sophisticated digital tools and all the opportunities presented by globalisation, shell companies, offshore finance and cross-border trade and investment. Our response had been pitiful. Well, now the report is out, and it at least exceeds my expectations. For a start, the ISC highlights the way in which previous governments, Labour and Conservative alike, have foolishly overlooked the threat from Russia. One big mistake back in 1994 was to allow rich foreigners to buy residency in this country. These investor visas, thanks to later liberalisation, now turn smoothly into British passports with all those rights that those precious documents entail, including the ability to make legal donations to political parties. And many more blunders have followed. Beset by complacency, we eviscerated our capabilities in dealing with hostile state activity, both in Russia and, for that matter, from China. The ISC report sharply recalls the committee's previous warnings and it quotes the shamefaced responses it got from anonymous spymasters pleading that the focus on counter-terrorism took priority. Some blame certainly lands on crowd-pleasing politicians for these mistaken judgments, but surely the job of our secret agencies is to speak truth to power, not to curry favour. And even the intelligence capabilities that did survive, the report notes, were too narrowly focused. The idea that Russia might attack our political system was barely considered. The report describes as illogical the reluctance of MI5 in this respect. Indeed, asked for its assessment of Russian capabilities, the security service initially replied with just six lines of text and mention of open source assessments, that's reports by think tanks and academics based on publicly available information. Such material, the committee notes sharply, 
presents credible evidence of Russian influence operations relating to the Scottish independence referendum in 2014. We can infer that there may be some secret information that backs that up. We can also infer that conclusions are still lacking. The coolest Cusos of MI5 apparently thought this and other evidence of Russian mischief was a hot potato, to use the ISC's language, something not worth investigating. Not a penny of the billions of money that we, the taxpayers, spend on our sprawling secret state apparently went into the vital question of whether our democracy was under attack. The report's repeated use of words such as surprised and disappointed constitute in the careful language of government a scalding rebuke. So too is the damning assessment that the government had until recently badly underestimated the Russian threat. The report is scathing about the waffle and muddle in Whitehall's response. We've responded to the threat with PowerPoint presentations featuring jargon-laden strategies and doctrines and intricate committee structures rather than with clear thinking and decisive action. On the vital question of offensive cyber warfare, the ISC notes with shock, nobody appears to be in charge. Many questions arise from this shocking catalogue of wishful thinking and willful neglect. One is about the foot dragging. Why was the committee so hampered in getting going on its report? Why, as it notes crossly, were the agencies so reluctant to provide the evidence required? Why, really, did the Prime Minister try to prevent its publication for so long? The preposterously flimsy bureaucratic reasons given by Downing Street for the nearly nine-month delay were shot down by committee members at the launch. Categorically false, they said. For all my feelings of vindication, I'm furious. The committee is a vital part of our system. It's the only way for MPs, the direct representatives of ordinary voters, to keep some kind of check on the activities of the secret state. And the report's conclusions are urgently needed. We, the British public, need to know the scope and scale and shape of the Russian threat and whether the guardians of our national security are paying sufficient attention to it. The report makes specific and immediate recommendations that will directly affect the national security of everyone who lives in this country. We need a new espionage law, for example, replacing the outdated and poorly focused Official Secrets Act of 1989. We need a new system mandating the registration of those who peddle political influence on behalf of a foreign power. The Computer Misuse Act of 1990 is similarly obsolete. It predates the era of mobile phones, which are in effect tracking and bugging devices and thus a key part of modern spycraft. Another recommendation of the report is for a thorough investigation into Russian meddling into our political system, both the Brexit and Scottish referendums and general elections. It's far too early and far too easy to say, as the government and its media allies have said with remarkable confidence, that no evidence for any of this exists. As the report highlights, the lack of evidence reflects the fact that the authorities have been scandalously incurious about these questions. Why does GCHQ, the report asks, not look at who lies behind the Twitter accounts that peddle hoaxes and scare stories and lies? Why does MI6 not devote some attention to recruiting sources with knowledge of the extent and nature of Russian influence campaigns. Some tantalising asterisks reflecting redaction of secret material in the lines that follow suggest that perhaps 007 and M have belatedly turned their attention to this issue. But if so, it's too little and shamefully late.
the use of money, cyber attacks and propaganda in the Brexit and Scottish independence referendums, as well as recent elections, must be investigated, the report insists, on the lines of Robert Mueller's inquiry into Russian interference in US politics in 2016. If such inquiries find nothing amiss, we can breathe a sigh of relief. If they uncover any evidence of mischief, we must take action. Either way, we need to know. My pleasure at the report's forceful conclusions and my anger over the delays and obstruction are matched with near panic at the bleak prospects for real action. The report rightly lambasts the Kremlin's pinstriped accomplices, the bankers, lawyers and accountants, and even estate agents, who it calls unwitting or even witting agents of Russian influence. But dealing with the rottenness in our system, it notes, needs new legislation and far more investigative financial and legal firepower, not least for the National Crime Agency. Can I really see my government doing this? Boris Johnson's flippant and partisan response to the report's launch suggests not. Certainly such changes would go to the heart of Britain's rickety-rackety business model. Our country, to put it bluntly, is afloat on a sea of dirty money. Russia's only one source of this, and it's probably the most politically dangerous one. The bleak truth is this. Our problems do not stem from military defeat. No foreign tanks rolled up Whitehall or into the city of London, ordering our rulers to weaken our system and make it subject to the whims and interests of other countries. No, we chose to do this to ourselves. The report's title is Russia, but its real subject is us. This is Edward Lucas with the New Cold War podcast. You can find more about me, my books and other publications at edwardlucas.com or follow me on Twitter at Edward Lucas. This has been a homegrown media production. For more on the New Cold War, please visit edwardlucas.com.